You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 73. What's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am le sick. Catching a cold. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Both of my kids are sick. They got their flu shots recently, Mm -hmm. and I think that that gave them some sort of cold. They're both getting over it now. After vomiting over the entire household, but I could feel it in my throat already. I got the the jean quilt all over me. Uh, I just took a floor nap for forty five minutes. It was magical, uh, and now I'm drinking a really big hot chocolate, which is probably not a good idea at nine o'clock at night. But no, that's what it, probably not. But I myself switched to alcohol after I figured out who the Jets were hiring as their head coach. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, so we're recording this shortly after it was announced that Adam Gase will be the head coach of the New York Jets. I'm a Jets fan. I'm not happy with this hire. It's not a Jets podcast. We don't have to get into that, but I'm in a bad mood. And we'll talk some New York Islanders to try to make us a little bit happier, forget about our sickness, and forget about our other teams that depress us. The Islanders were on a little bit of a hot streak, Mitch. They won six in a row before losing last night. And it is, what, 9 of 11? 9 of 11, yeah. Pretty darn good. Yeah, pretty darn good. Like, it sucks to lose, for sure. Um, But, like, you knew they were going to lose eventually. Oh, sure. They they can't keep going on and and winning and winning and winning. They're not the the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that's fine. Um, they're, They're a point out of a playoff spot right now. Like, they're a point out of the wild card with, I think, three games in hand. And they're a point behind Carolina, or not Carolina, Columbus, with, I think, two games in hand. Like, a playoff position is right there for them. And it's not to say they can't get back on a winning streak. They play the New York Rangers two games in a row next. Like, if you don't think they could beat the Rangers two two nights in a row, you got other things coming. They could definitely do that. Well, they beat them how many times in a row before losing to them earlier this year? It was a lot, right? Like A million and a half. Give or take one. (laughs) <laughs> give, or, give or take one. Yeah, it, it certainly felt that way. So the Islanders have had their Rangers number, which certainly helps. And it also helps that the Rangers have been ice cold lately. They are free-falling from the standings at the moment. So, Which is, is kind of fine. Like I think in their projection of things, they're probably relatively okay with that. Like they, they picked up three players in the draft last year, and none of them are playing in the league this year, which, again, makes sense. So like you would expect them to be garbage this year, and that, that's exactly what's happening, which is perfect for us. That's, that's four points on the board. Now, 
we have to go and get those four points. So we have to play better than we played against St. Louis and we played against Carolina. Um, but with the practice that uh, Barry Trotz is throwing out there, it seems like he's trying to push them to, to like get them back into the groove of things. Yeah, and that's certainly understandable. And like you said, Mitch, we knew the streak was going to come to an end eventually. It kind of sucked that it was the game that I decided to go to. <laughs> and it was a winnable game if their special teams wasn't atrocious. Um, but ultimately, I think you have to be completely satisfied for how this team is playing right now. Barry Trotz is just, I mean, unbelievable. You wrote it yourself today. He is the favorite for the Jack Adams. And when I say favorite, it's not a biased, like, I think he's a favorite. I do. But this was the NHL going out to NHL.20, NHL.com writers, and asking them to rank their 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 Jack Adams, I guess you want to say, favorites. And based on a, a point system of 5 to 1, 5 being your, your first choice, um, he won out by 76 out of 100 points. Like, <laughs> like the guy, there's a reason he's up there. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to think that, he is going to take home this award. The Islanders would have to play good in the second half and continue to play that way, how they're playing right now. But for everything that he's done so far, I mean, the biggest thing for me is the goal differential. Yeah, absolutely. Like 296 they gave up last year over the entire year, and they're on pace for 222 this year. What? Yeah, and they're... <laughs> That's a 70 goal, 74 goal differential. This is Al Arbor-esque year number two for the Islanders. Right, and they were, um, what do you call it? They were last in the league last yep. year and were first in the league this year. I don't know if they're still first. They're third right now. Okay, so they're top three still. Yeah, yeah, and, and not by much. I think, Carol, not Carolina, but Nashville has top spot at 107 goals against to the Islanders 101 or 111. So not far off whatsoever. Um, and it's, that's huge. That's huge for an Islanders team that, again, we've said it before, their blue line didn't get any better in the offseason. Their blue line got worse, technically speaking. They got rid of, not got rid of, but uh, Calvin Hunt left. That's a top 4D gone. And they brought in Lucas Pisa. That ain't a one-for-one one like I wrote. That's not a one-for-one. And Lucas Pisa isn't even playing. So no. they lost a, a top four and got nothing, essentially. True, and I mean, it certainly helps that Devontae has been playing unbelievable for the New York Islanders. He is kind of filling that role like we expected him to, uh, potentially even earlier than we thought. Yeah, but that's still recent, right? He's only played seven games. That's true. <laughs> they, they've, had, they've had to deal, well, we're in game 41, so we have to deal with, uh, math is wrong, 75, 35 games? No, I got that wrong, 34. 34 games, no. Yes, 34, God, math is math is hard. It's okay. Um, 34 games of Adam Pellick and Lucas Spiza mixed with, you know, the regulars of Letty, Boychuk, Hickey, and even then Hickey's been injured for quite a bit. Um, and who am I missing here? Mayfield, Mayfield. That's that's our that's our six guys. Like that's the same six guys as last as last year, and they were la dog poop. No, they're really bad. And I think something that maybe some people will complain about is that their defensemen aren't necessarily giving you much production points wise. But for what they're doing in their own zone, I think you live with that swap. Yeah, and there's something to be said about that. Like, they're not producing well. 
okay, sure, they're probably not producing well. I'm trying to bring up the stats here, but NHL.com is not making it easier for me because I'm trying to do this on the fly here. Uh, I'm trying to just do for defensemen, and um, I don't see any New York Islanders anywhere near the top. So that that's fair. Look, I think the highest is Ron Pulak with 18 points, and he ranks 42nd in the league. Right. So that ain't good. Yeah, that's the top Islanders defenseman right now. That ain't great out of 42 games or 41 games, but he still has another 41 games to go. Even if he gets half a point per game, that's another, what, 20 points? That's pretty good. That, that's a 38-point season. That's yeah, pretty I, good. I think if you have him and Letty in the 30s in points and everyone else fall in wherever they may, then you could live with that. Yeah, you'd want at least baseline 38, minimum. 38, I think, is as fair, and then anything above that is good, uh, especially if you consider that they're, they're going to be not letting in the points or letting in the goals as it is now. Look, Aaron Eckblad is on 17 points this year. That's not a defenseman true. who puts up points. Shane Gossip-Hare is on 17 points. That's another guy who puts up points. On teams that score, like Florida's scoring, Philadelphia's scoring. They're not winning, but they're still scoring. Eric Black. Eckblad was a number one overall pick. That's true. That's true. So, look, I don't think we need to make a big fuss about it necessarily. No, not yet anyway, especially with the way the Islanders are playing too. I don't think it's a whole lot to worry about. No, I, that, that, and that's the thing. But, but getting back to the whole, the whole point of this is their, their six-game win streak is over. Um, they're winning games. Like If you, they score three goals, they're winning yeah, pretty they're much. Yeah, 21-2-1. That's ridiculous. As long as they score three goals, they win. Last year, they had to score four goals to win. Right? Because they were letting in an average of 3.57 goals a game. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> now, if they score three, they win. <laughs> that's insane. They had to score four just to outscore the other team. Exactly. Uh, I still think that some of the Islanders are struggling a little bit right now, i.e. Anthony Wauvillier has gone a little bit quiet goal-wise, and Jordan Eberle has been pretty quiet this year, so I think if they got back to form, then the Islanders would really be cooking, but other than that, like they're not in a playoff spot right now, but they're very much in the mix, which is saying a lot, considering how many outlets, like Bleacher Report, said it was going to be an absolute disaster of a year. Yeah, well, you know, we, we kind of we didn't say it was going to be a disaster. I think when we set our predictions, if I remember correctly, we were hovering around the eighty point mark. I think I may have been a little bit over, like at eighty three, and you were sitting around eighty. Um, we were figuring they were going to be maybe a little bit better than last year, and they're a lot better than last year. Yeah, they are a lot better. They're on point on pace for a hundred points. A hundred points. Yeah, sign me up for that. 100 points. I'm not saying they're going to get 100 points, but they're on pace for it. And even if they drop off the pace a bit, which you would expect because they have a 102.3 PDO rate, uh, Robin Leonard is absolutely stellar nets. You don't expect him to keep going with a 927, I think he's got. Um, you expect for it to, to come down. So the main question we're trying to get to here in this whole point is they can't stop winning, even though they, did, they didn't win the other day. Uh, but is it sustainable? Can they sustain this for the remainder of the season? And and I think it's not to the same extent, but I think they can sustain a, a winning record. Yeah, if you mean like finishing with ninety plus points, yeah, then yes, I think they finish with ninety plus points. They'll be within a wild card position, like they'll be within reach of a wild card position. 
Oh, yes. I think they will be very much alive either making the playoffs or getting eliminated from the playoffs within, like, game 80. Right, yeah. It'll be real close. And even if they make it, it's not to say they make it, they're going to make a run for the cup. I can see them maybe winning a round, um, but it's going to take everything to go their way if they want that to happen. Um, but at least they'll, they'll get there, I would say. Well, I mean, I think we've seen worse Islanders teams come close. Uh, like the 2013 Islanders probably should have beat the should have beat the Penguins. And that yeah. was a much worse team than what we're looking at right now. Yeah, that's true. So more, much worse run team. It just kind of seemed like Capone was doing whatever he could. And he's like, I don't know what's working, but it's working. <laughs> the Bokov was terrible. <laughs> oh, man. What a season. Yeah. So it, it, it's much better run now. So you, you give them seven games to take out a team. That is obviously going to be still pretty good. I, I, I think they make it. As long as they just, just don't give me Tampa. It's the only team I don't want. No, no. I think you're getting run out of the building pretty quickly if it's Tampa. And, and, and maybe even Pittsburgh. I don't like the way Pittsburgh's playing right now. As in, like, they're playing very well. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. They're, they're a powerhouse. Anyone else in the Metro? I mean, yeah, the Capitals and the Blue Jackets are probably better than the Islanders, but I think they'd be at least competitive with those two teams. Yeah. Oh, the Blue Jackets are slipping up good right now, so... We're catching up to them pretty good. I am, I'm on board for that. Maybe slide up <laughs> into that three spot and get Washington. There you go. There you go. All right. So we're covering the Islanders, a little bit of a hot streak there. And they are not the only ones on the hot streak, Mitch. Sorry. Before before we get to him, I think we don't have it on our running order. Okay. We have to talk about Joshua Singh. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, fine. We got to do it. I, d- I, I was going to say let's talk about that first, but we were both in like salty moods and I didn't want to go negative right away. Uh, okay. We spoke about it on our Patreon show. So if you haven't subscribed, go to patreon.com slash eyes on aisles where we have a post game show after every Islanders game. We will record a podcast, have it out there at worst by 8 a.m. in the morning the next day. That's just in case they play out in like Vancouver at 1030 at night and and uh, old dogs over here have to go to bed early. Um, but other than that, within like, I don't know, half an hour, 40 minutes, it's up. Uh, we spoke about Joshua saying there and how we felt about the send down. How do you feel now after like a sober 24 hours? Do Still you feel bad. any better? Or no. Okay, no. Why? Why? Because he deserves to be on this roster and that the Islanders' power play is so brutally bad that you can't convince me that Josh Hosein could not help out that power play. Yeah. So what do you think about then uh, of Barry... I almost forgot his name. Barry Trotz coming out saying he has to work on some things still. There's still some things in this game he's got to work on, so they're sending him down to work on some stuff. Okay, that's fine. You can. can I'm not going to sit here and say that Joshua Sang is a perfect player, but I would rather him work on stuff in the NHL than go down to the AHL where he's a point-per-game player and work on stuff. Yeah, I I have a hard time arguing against Barry Trotz because, like, look what he's done, and I just said he's a favorite for um, the Jack Adams trophy. And a lot of people online are going to go, ha-ha! Got you. And it's like, yeah, uh, look, it's hard to argue against Barry Trotz. If he says he needs to go down, you're like, Brr. but when you look at this roster, there there is other there are other players on this roster that could probably go down instead, like a Michael Dal Cole or even a Tom Kuhnhockel. I know he's a scratch, so it doesn't really change things, but you can put in Joshua's hang and say, look, you've been here long enough. It is your place. They did this with Anthony Bovillier, right? It is your place. Um, you have to, not, not it's your place, but we want to give the place to you. You, you've got a game to figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, we're sending you back down. Um, maybe they already did that. It doesn't seem like the case because this kind of seemed like it was a surprise. Uh, 
it just seems like he's the guy that you want to keep up. The quality is there. We've seen the metrics that he improves everyone he plays with, aside from Adam Pellick, which no surprise there. I mean, come on. That, that, that's tough. That's tough <laughs> can sledding. Any, can anyone do that? That's very tough sledding. But, I mean, eyes test-wise, I think that he has been better than Michael Del Cole. And, you know, I'm more of a Josh Hosang guy than a Michael Del Cole guy. But I will say that I think Del Cole should still be here, too. I think he should be on the third line. What I would have done was send Kunakle down, and I would have had my third line be Del Cole, Filpula, Hosang. I'd put Komarov on the fourth line, and I would scratch Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense to me. Look, the guy's on the power play, and he does not need to be there, that being Cal Clutterbuck. No, and he's also had a couple bad turnovers in the game last night and just doesn't... I don't know. He hasn't seemed like the same player ever since he signed that contract. Yeah, and, and you know what? Maybe he needs a shake-up too. Put him on the scratch pad. I know he's a leader in the room, but you know what? If you aren't up to snuff, leadership or not, put him out there. Agreed. I don't think a player's age or contract or how they are in the room should dictate playing time. I think it should be based yeah. on performance. Yeah, it's a performance-based league. That that's just how it's supposed to work. So like you can't you can't argue that. Well, you can't really put him out there because he's got a three point five million dollar deal. And when, when I say you can't put him out there, I mean the press box. You can absolutely do that, and you absolutely should do that. If he's not giving you anything, do it. I mean, look at what the Sabers are doing with Matt Molson. They're basically eating his contract. It's not the full five million dollars this year, but it's like yeah. four and change. Yeah. And like people say, well, what about that fourth line? The dynamic of that fourth line is pretty good. You're going, yes, you're absolutely right. The dynamic between Casey Zizekas, Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck is pretty good. But we talked about one-for-one swaps. A Leo Komarov, Cal Clutterbuck swap is as close to one-for-one as you can get. Right, and I, Komarov probably gives you a little bit more. I'm not a huge Komarov guy either, but... No, I I know that. I think Komarov gives you maybe a little bit more, and I could get behind him being on the fourth line. I don't love him on the third line, but I can get behind him being on the fourth line. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I didn't think of that, and I think that that's, that's a nice, that's, that is a nice team to put out there. That's a nice compromise. You have both of, them, both of the kids that you want out there out there. Um, it's just, it just works. I, I just prefer Joshua Sang over Michael Dal Cole. I do. Yes, Michael Dal Cole had one good game recently, and Joshua Sang wasn't that great in that same game. Joshua Sang had another nine games where he was fantastic before that. So, like, oh, it, it, one game slip up, can't have those. You got Anthony Bovillier who had a 16 game slide out there. And he, you, you did what to him? Nothing. You gave him a, oh, well, we called up Dal Cole. We're going to give you a chance. Same should apply to Joshua Sang. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. I will never understand their treatment of Joshua Sang, and I'm starting to become numb to it. Yeah, unfortunately. So, okay. I wanted to get that out of the way because we, we did it on the Patreon, and, and it's big news that happened for the Islanders, and I, I thought that we should at least get this out in the freebie edition. No, you're 100% right. We had to talk about it. I forgot that to bring it up in the beginning of the show. That, good on you for bringing that in. Now let's talk about someone that gets us excited. Mm-hmm. And someone I'm really high on, Otto Koivula is on fire, Mitch. Fire. Yep. Uh, he had 18 points in 18 games and a five-goal streak. So five games in a row with a goal. Unbelievable. Just absolutely insane, this kid coming out of nowhere. Maybe not nowhere, but it felt like he came out of nowhere. 
to just destroy the league. Yeah, well, he was a fourth-round pick in 2016. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. He won the Rookie of the Year in Liga in 2016-17. Played there again last year. Was not as good. He was He was okay. Then signed his ELC, came over to the AHL, started slow, and then they switched him over to center, and he started playing a lot better. Mitch, I really think he has a shot to be a part of this team going forward. He He's right now, I think far and away at 20 years old, their best center prospect. Oh, yeah, easily their best center prospect. They have no center prospects at all, aside from him. Like We were, we were talking about this a while ago, saying they have no one at center. They only have... The wingers with, with Bellows and Wallstrom and Dal Cole and Hosang, they don't have anyone down the middle. And then you got this kid's like, what's up, guys? I'm going to score five goals in the next five games. Like, he's still currently on a five-game five goal streak right now. Uh, he has 25 points in 34 games. Keep in mind, he didn't score a point for his first seven games of the season. Uh, just absolutely insane. And he's a big kid. 6'4", 225. Oh, he is big. Well, the eight, he's listed at 6'4 in the AHL. I think I've seen him in Hockey DB listed at 6'5 even. Really? I didn't think he was that big. I, th- I thought they said 6'5, but he's definitely 6'4 in the in the um, OHL, or see, at the AHL. They have him at 6'4, 225. Insane. Insane. Okay. He's taken 16 penalty minutes, which is nothing. Uh, that's fantastic. This guy is everything we need. If he can keep this up, he's not going to come up this year. I don't see him coming up this year. No. I think they played out because it's year one. But I, I like where you're going with this guy's got a shot. I definitely do think that he has a shot. And maybe next year as like your third line center because Valtteri Filippula's contract is up after this year. And I don't know how high I am on doubling down on a 35-year-old who seems yeah. to be overachieving. I think because of his size, he would be a good bottom six player maybe more so third line than fourth line. And I, I don't know if he's going to be able to skate well enough to play in one of the top two lines. Yeah, that's what I, I'm not sure about. I don't know what his skating is like. I don't know how quick he is, how quick off the mark he is. I'm sure he's not the fastest skater out there. He's a big body. But remember how we had like Michael Delcol? Wow, he's a big body. It takes him a few years to get adjusted. This guy's a big body. Look at the size of the, this guy's frame. And he's doing it year one. So, you know, I know some kids have it, some kids don't. But like you said, this guy was drafted in the fourth round. The fourth round. So if he can keep this up, like we're getting excited now, but we have a very small sample size. He still has the rest of the year to go. I think they play 76 games in the AHL. So they're about halfway there, just like us, uh, us, just like the NHL. Uh, I'm really, really excited for him. But let's say he plays 70 games and puts up 50 points. Do you yeah. think that's enough to merit a legitimate shot at cracking the eye on this roster next year? No. Well, I'm not saying that because I don't believe it. I'm saying that because we've, we've seen that with management, where he's going to come into camp, and that 50 points isn't going to matter at all. I know. So I'm just worried at who they're going to throw money at. Like, I don't know if they, I want to give a Valtteri Filippula a three-year deal with, like, three... $0.5 million cap hit or something. Look, we already know that Lou doesn't like bringing in kids. He doesn't like bringing in kids. It's not that he doesn't like kids. He values them, but he, he likes to have them seasoned in the AHL before they come up. 
So to have this guy come up after one year under a Lula Marilla regime is unrealistic. He's got to be destroying the league. And he currently is, but he's got to put up like 70 points this year and like go to the playoffs and, and have a tear in the playoffs as well for him to go like, you might have a spot. So but before can, that, I don't think he's got anything. So he can kiss the Bellows and Wallstrom pipe dream goodbye as well? Um, See, different thing. The expectations are higher, especially for a Wallstrom. They're definitely a little bit higher, um, but I wouldn't expect Wallstrom to come in right away. Bellows, maybe. He's got a year under him already. He's doing pretty well. Um, I, I just, I wouldn't see this kid jump. It's possible. Like, you know, anything is possible, but I wouldn't put money in the bank on this. No, I, I tend to agree with you. I do, because I, I think that they would end up giving it to the veteran, especially if it's in a bottom six role, because I feel like they have more trust in them defensively, and that's a more defensive mindset role. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see them going with even Maybe you can convince me to have uh, Komarov play third line center, but I don't want to sign someone else. Yeah, they might have to put Komarov there, and, and maybe that's why they put him there. I didn't like the idea of putting him a third-line center, but he did okay. I just don't think that you can give him an extended period of time at center. Like, he's a good stopgap for a game, maybe two. But, like, once you get into four, five, six games, you're going, that's too much for for Leo Komarov. All right, I could see that point. So, But good news for the Islanders is they look to have finally found a center prospect after not really having one after Ryan Strom and Brock Nelson all made their way up to the NHL. Yeah, like they don't really have anyone. I'm trying to f- look at their drafts right now. And I, obviously, like you said, he, he was picked up last season. Um, they picked up one center this year, right, in Ruslan Yushchukov. And he's doing all right. Eight points in 18 games in the NCAA. That doesn't sound like a lot, but it is in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Um, he also came back from a pretty bad injury. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, they got Jake Pivanka in the NCAA as well. He's got six points in 19 games. Not too bad. And outside of that, they haven't taken... And even then, Koivula is listed at left wing, right? He wasn't drafted as a center. Mm-hmm. And then they got the two centers in 2015 in, in Barzal and Beauvillier. Right, and so, now Beauvillier doesn't play center. center. So, well. Interesting. Is yeah. I, I, just real quick on, on sure. prospects. Is there anyone that you're high on? So we saw the World Juniors. Sorry for your kind of loss. You still got a medal. I didn't get a medal. So yeah. I, good on. Good job by you guys. I'll, I'll I'll take it. I don't get too crazy over it. Really, honestly. Yeah. So is, is there anyone that you're looking forward to outside of Otto Koivula? Anyone you're looking for, or anyone you got your eye on, prospect wise? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but well, I'm just... I love both Wallstrom and Dobson. Sure. Yeah. And if, oh God, if not for a broken stick, maybe we're in the finals against the States. Oof. That would have been fun. See, I only really get up for uh, US, Canada, if I'm being honest. I know I'm a fair weather USA fan, but... So right, whatever. Yeah. You got other things to watch. <laughs> uh, uh, I got my eye on Nick Pastijov. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Okay. He's playing out in at the University of Michigan in the NCAA. He was a seventh round pick in 2016. He has 16 points in 21 games this season. He put up 15 last year in 36. The guy's getting better and better and better every year. I love Devon Taves, Devon Taves, however you want to pronounce it. Um, I'm not saying he's an NHL guarantee, but I think come the end of the season, if he keeps it up, the Islanders probably sign him to 
at least some sort of ELC and bring him into the AHL. Yeah, I mean, that's what they did with uh, Quenville, no? I believe so, yeah. So, uh, same kind of thing goes there. Uh, interesting, okay. That's what I got my, my peepers on. I like it, going a little outside the box there. Yeah. So, while we're talking about the Islanders' success early on this year, we should also talk about some people being critical of that success if you saw this past week, there was an article from a writer from Yahoo Sports who said that they don't pass the stats test and that they are a deceiving team. And while I see some of what he's saying, I also say, who the hell cares? They're winning hockey games. Let's have fun. Yeah, it's so it's Ryan Lambert from Yahoo, and he doesn't write anything that's wrong. He's not... Kind of tongue in cheek, but that I think that's just his style. Um, he's essentially saying that the Islanders—they're not shooting well. They're not creating enough chances. Um, their expected goals for and expected goals against lead them to they're shaving off uh, half a half a goal per game that they shouldn't be. Uh, essentially, coming to the point where they shouldn't be winning. We shouldn't trust this team. Uh, and and sure, okay, you you can say that, and, and the numbers certainly back it up. But they're definitely winning, and we've seen Barry Trotz do this before. And so his point is like, yes, he's done this before, but he doesn't have the same talent with the Islanders. And you're going, you're right, you're absolutely right. He does not have the same talent. But usually, what happens is, and we we see this every year, where there are teams that defy, they absolutely defy the analytics. Look at the Carolina Hurricanes last year; they were destroying the Corsi game, couldn't make the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? And didn't they not make the playoffs? No. For some reason, I thought they, they were in for... Yeah. No, they haven't made the playoffs in like a decade. Since I was two, yeah, or something like that. Anyways. Um, and you have other teams that do the same thing. They ride a really hot PDO wave, which the Islanders are doing. They rank third in the league with a 102.3 PDO. Um, but with that being said, that that's great for one year. That, that you, can, you can have a team do that in one, for one year. And where I, I agree with Ryan Lambert is that you extend that over a couple of years and that's a problem. You can't build success off of that long term. The Islanders can do that for one year where they could ride a wave of we're going to create just just enough chances to, to maybe win and hopefully our luck rides out with the talent that we have. Sure enough, they could do that for a year. But as it gets further, if they don't add talent, you can't ride that way for success. Like they can't have this same team next year and do the same thing. It's not going to work. No, but I don't think that's their plan, and that's why I think like for right now in year one, yeah, you sign up for that because like we said earlier in the show, they weren't supposed to be here. They weren't supposed no. to be this good. So you ride that puck luck train or PDO or whatever you want to call it, whatever luck you how you, you want to describe it. You ride that for this year. Next year, you have some. The kids come up potentially, maybe you add a piece or two in free agency, you have a ton of cap space, and then you're looking to build in years two, three, four, and beyond a nucleus and a core of a really good hockey program. But this is year one with a new GM and a new coach, so I think that they are exceeding expectations, so what if it's by the way of luck at the moment? So it's it's working out, and like you said, they can get by this year and sneak into a playoff spot with it. Exactly. That's the exact point. He he doesn't. He's not wrong. I just like you said. I don't care right now. For year one, I don't care. Yes, they're defying analytics and they're not doing well in terms of metrics. I get it. But they're also winning. So I'll take it for a year. 
Next year, if they're going to do the same thing, I would be very worried because I could expect it to fall off a cliff very quickly. Um, but that being said, it really does come back to talent. And Ryan Lambert alludes to that, saying, like, Barry Trotz has done this quality over quantity thing before. But when he did that in in Washington, excuse me, the hot chocolate's coming back. Um, when he did that with Washington, he had guys like Ovechkin, Backstrom, Oshie, Carlson, and Brayden Holpe behind in, in the net to kind of help him out. Yeah, okay, talent usually wins out. If you stack your team up with talent, it wins out. And you can win these games with quality over quantity because these guys will reign true. We don't have that right now. It's not to say, like you pointed out, this is year one. Next year, in this offseason, they're going to bring in quality, or at least we assume they're going to bring in quality. So like that makes it that much easier to do. So yes, this might be a, a winning strategy further, but because they're going to be bringing in more quality going down the line. Right, and like all those prospects we just mentioned, like Wallstrom and Dobson and Bellows and maybe eventually Hosang gets up here and gets a full shot. Maybe. I really, yeah. I'm really kind of like thinking they're going to trade him soon. I really do. So, what? or even if they do trade him, or, and they trade Eberly, or if they trade Nelson. or They're trading to, to trade up, right? That's the point? Yeah, like you are again, like trying to build something here. And I think... The ultimate point here is that they are headed in the right direction after year one. We don't care that they're not passing the stats test, and it's all about what happens the next few years. 100%. All right. Want to do some predictions for the rest of the 2018-2019 season? Yeah. Okay, so I wrote something where I put out, uh, I think it was five bold predictions. I already forget how many I did. I'm going to say five, and then we'll go through them. Okay. And then you tell me which one you want to talk about. So first one, Islanders land a big name free agent. Remember, this is for the remainder of 2019 or the rest of 2018-19 season. They land a free agent. I'm still considering that part of 2018-19. I don't consider 2019-20 until 19 season starts. Okay. So they land a big name free agent. They win a playoff round. Bovillia scores 50 points. And Barry Trotz wins the Jack Adams. And then Matthew Barzell is nominated for MVP. And by MVP, I mean the Hart Trophy, not the Jennings, I think it is. Or the Ted Lindsay. Ted Lindsay. I would like to talk about definitely the first one. Okay. Free agent. Yep. Let's talk names. Let's talk position. You you start first because it was your your idea. We'll start position and then narrow it down to a couple of names. So when you when you talk positionally, like you want to start. Let's start at the back out. So Sergei Bobrovsky, Simeon Varlamov, and Cal Tal- Cam Talbot are the big three that I think are the available goalies out there as starters. Um, oh, sorry, I should also say Robin Leonard. I, I didn't count him because he's already on the team, right? And I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily consider him a big name free agent. Even then, Cam Talbot, meh, a little bit shaky on. No, I think they end up bringing back Robin Leonard next year. I think so, too. I think so, too. At least for one year. I know some other people want him for longer. I get it. Um, I think one to two years, and then you bring in, um, what's his name, Sorokin, if possible. Um, But I think they can get him at at two years at three, maybe 3.5 at most for your starter. Yeah, I think you could probably. I'd give him one more year. I'd go three years at three and a half, and then he kind of becomes like the Thomas Grice with Sorokin. So then next year is... You do the, run the same thing back again, Leonard Grice, 
and then the year after that you bring in Leonard and Sorokin and maybe they split time and then in that third year Sorokin takes over and Leonard's the backup yeah maybe and they or you, you try to trade him off and like let's send you to a place where you can get some starts exactly maybe so a scenario like that yeah so that's the back end uh, in terms of the blue line there's really just one name that stands out and that's Eric Carlson <laughs> no the Islanders are not getting Eric Carlson Outside of Eric Carlson, there's no one really out there that's of any appeal. Like Mike Green, no thanks. No. Um, I think Keith Yandel might be UFA. That sounds promising, but he's getting out there in years, and he's not going to have the same impact. Like, look what they're doing in Florida right now. Right. Although he is going to the All-Star game, I suppose. Um, but then it comes up to the forwards. And look, the Islanders' defense is looking okay. It's looking all right. They, they already think... got a new name in Devin Tays, So I don't think they add anything. I think they're satisfied with Letty Boychuk and then the youth after that. I think they add like one like a better scratch pad player, like a guy they actually can throw in and trust because they don't seem to do that with Lucas Pisa. Okay. I think maybe, but that that's like yeah, I don't know. That's going to be a last like maybe a PTO thing again. Who Dennis Seidenberg I think is still out on a PTO. He's still on a PTO practicing with the Islanders and yeah, I don't I don't know. Maybe they're, they're grooming him for a coaching role or something. I don't know. Uh, okay, so up front, that's the big ones. Okay. Matt Duchesne, Mark Stone, Artemi Panarin. Those are the three that I'm looking at. All right. And I, I don't think anyone else is looking at anyone else in terms of UFAs. We're not talking Tarasenko because he's still got five years left on his deal. Right, right. Um, the Islanders have the money to pay either one of these players. I th- I know... You're not high on him, but I think Duchesne makes the most sense because of all those prospects we just listed on the wing and the, how they lack a little bit of center depth. So I would be very, very big on bringing in a, a center in here to put with Matthew Barzal, either whether you want to have Barzal be the second line, kind of like what he is this year again, or if you want to have him be the first line, whatever. You have to have a good one-two punch. Mm-hmm. I think a Barzal and Duchesne one-two punch would be phenomenal. Yeah, I, I don't mind the, the, the Matt Duchesne call-out. I, I do think that there's some attitude issues, which they're having with Joshua saying, so why would you want to bring in another guy like that? The only difference is that the other guy has like 42 points in 37 games or something ridiculous. So kind of have to like put my hands up and go, all right, I have to concede on that. But if I had my way, I'd go after Mark Stone. Okay. Mark Stone's my guy. Right wing... 1.19 points per game in the last two years. Absolutely dominant when it comes to puck battles. Like, wins 65% of his neutral zone puck battles. Uh, strips pucks from anyone, anywhere on the ice. Uh, is essentially a Joshua saying, but a thousand times more responsible. Like, he's perfect for the Barry Trot system. Absolutely perfect. And we're talking about good centers. Like, Brock Nelson's doing a pretty darn good job at center right now. And I think they keep him. Okay, so what would your he- lines look like for next year if you bring in Mark Stone? If you bring in Mark Stone, you still have Bo, Barzal, Bailey, and then Lee, Nelson, Stone. I, I, Stone isn't quick enough to play with Barzal. He just okay. isn't. Um, he, he might. He could probably work it out. He's a good player. He just doesn't have the foot speed. Okay. That's not his game. It's more of a, I can control the ice, and I can control it at my tempo, which, again, is perfect for a Barry Trot system. Okay. So I, I like that. That's who I go after. I know everyone wants... Panarin because of the flash and I get it he's a flashy player I just I just think Mark Stone is, is a guy that fits and checks all the boxes for Lou Lamarell and Barry Trotz yeah I don't think Panarin's coming here either though I don't, I don't think so either uh, 
I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Um, but I, I just think Mark Stone makes more sense. Although, who knows? Who knows? I, I heard that he wants to stay, and then I heard just today by someone here in Ottawa saying that talks have cooled down. I've yet to see like a report about it. I think there might be one out, but I haven't found it yet. Okay. Interesting. So. Okay. Uh, what was the next one on the... On Those are all three... Okay. You mean uh, in the pr- predictions? Yeah, in the predictions. Win a playoff round. Win a playoff round. I agree that's something that's realistic for this year. Yeah, and and again, what we're talking about here is bold predictions. It takes a certain leap of faith to do. We're not saying they're going to win a a playoff round. We're saying if they're put in a position where, first off, if they make the playoffs, they could win that first round. We don't think they could win a second round. They they might, Um, but I I really think that they have the potential and the upset power to win a first round. Right, like let's say if it was Islanders-Blue Jackets in the first round. Yeah, I would not be shocked if they won that series. I really wouldn't. No, right. And it's not to say that the Blue Jackets are bad. They have good players. Um, but so do we have good players too. So I, that's more of a pick em. And, and I like our chances in a pick em. Put us against Pittsburgh or put us against Tampa Bay, and I'm not feeling so hot. No. And even if they played Washington, I think that that would be an upset, obviously, where I think Columbus is more of, like you said, a pick em. But I think that's even more realistic than a team like Tampa Bay or mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's just there's something about Pittsburgh that I don't like. I know they're not as good as as Washington right now when you look at points, but th- there's something that I don't like of, of facing a Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel, Chris Letang all over and over and over and over again, Matt Murray over and over and over again. No thanks. I don't know. They've just been there and done that so many times too. Where, yeah, exactly. So, um, do you want to keep moving down the list? Yeah, let's do let's do the next one. So Bo time. scores fifty points. I'm not so high on this one. <laughs> so the thing is with Bo is that when I wrote this anyways, to get to 50 points, he has to hit a pace of 0.79 points per game. Um, it's possible to do. Just last year when he came back from the AHL, he scored 28 points in his last 39 games and was at a, a, a 0.72 points per game. That's still below, but it's pretty darn close. Like he's got that potential to do it. He just, I don't know what, what's missing. He needs to, something needs to click for him. Yeah, I I agree. If I had to guess what he finishes with, I'm going to say probably about 22 goals and 42 points. Okay, well, that's that's still high for what he he's on pace right now for 32, I think it is. It might even be less since the time I wrote this. I think he gets hot and I think he gets to around 40. Okay. I I had a question from a fan about about Bovilia. He asked, um, what's our ceiling on him? Because he's not he's not feeling too hot about Bovilia. He thinks he's he's not as good as people are saying he is. I think his ceiling is a fifty point player. I think that's his absolute ceiling. I really do. Um but I, I it's hard to say. Like he's got he's gotten better, but he hasn't it, it's hard to say that he's better than a thirty six point player because he hasn't shown that he can do that. This is consistently for a whole season. Right. If I, if we're being like, what's my, if I had to put like gun to my head, what my best guess is if what he would average over his NHL career, yeah. I'd say probably low 40s. Yeah. Brock Nelson y type player in terms of production. In terms of production, yeah. I, I would agree with that. 
Because, like, look at the last couple of games. He just hasn't seemed like the same player necessarily. Um, I think it's getting better. Like, he's, he's getting hot again. But it's just not looking great. And, and I really think that 50 is, is a stretch. It's possible. It's easily done. For, for It could be easily done. But he needs to go on a tear to get that done right now. Yeah, that would be some second half if he's able to eclipse the 50-point mark. Yeah. Okay, so next is Barry Trotz winning the Jack Adams. We already spoke about that. We don't need to go over it again, do we? No, that's good. Uh, and then the last one is Matthew Barzell nominated for MVP. So by MVP, I'm talking about Hart Trophy. I'm not talking about the Ted Lindsay. I'm not so sure. So here, here's the argument for it. First off, they have to make the playoffs. We saw that last year. Connor McDavid would have won the Hart Trophy if the Edmonton Oilers would have made the playoffs. So because they didn't, he wasn't even in the top three. Uh, although he, he arguably should have been, and that was a debate, and yada, yada, yada. Um, if they make the playoffs... I think he gets in. Like, look at what he's doing right now in terms of his production, right? He's got 36 points. I think it's maybe above that, 36 and 38 games or something like that. I'm going to pull it up. I don't have it in front of me. They play. It's got to be more than that by now. I think so, too. I don't know why I had 36 in my head. He has 38 points in 41 games. So he's under a point per game pace. Although, like, over the last five games, he has six points. He hasn't put up points the last two games against Carolina and St. Louis. What are the odds we didn't play well in those two games? Shocking, right? Um, yeah, he's going he's gonna to come back. Um, if he puts up, like, 90 points, which he could very... Maybe, maybe not 90 points. Let's say 84 points. If he puts up 84 points and the Islanders make the playoffs, you've got to imagine the, dis- the disparity between Matthew Barzal and the next person on, on the list. Like, in terms of points, mm-hmm. what are the Islanders' stats now? I think the divide is already pretty good right now. Uh, I want to bring it up. For who's next in points after Barzal? Yes. It's got to be Lee and Bailey with 31. Right. So they're already seven points back. It is. Anders Lee and Josh Bailey are seven points back in Matthew Barzal, same number of games played. Like, that's just going to grow and grow and grow. And come season's end, if he's like 20 points above Anders Lee, like, we expect Matthew Barzell to be an 80-plus point player and, and a good year for Anders Lee is 60 points. Like, you can imagine that Matthew Barzell can get above that. If he gets, like, the 20 to 30 plateau, you got to think he's definitely the most important player for his team, which is what the Hart Trophy is about. I know we call it the quote-unquote MVP, but it's the most valuable player to his team. And Matthew Barzell is probably going to be that guy this year. Okay, but comparatively to the entire league, is he going to finish in, what, the top three for that? You mean for the award? Yeah, for the award. Maybe, yeah. Again, most important player to his team, so don't bring out the, well, Nikita Kucherov is on pace for 150 points. Yeah, most important player to his team, because Brandon Point is still putting up, like, point per game, if not more. He's not going to be too far back from from Nikita Kucherov. Yeah, I guess, and Taylor Hall won it last year. For Uh, that exact reason, because he was, like, 34 points ahead of the next guy on his team. Okay, I think you would have to eclipse 90 points to be in the conversation. Again, you need a leap of faith to make this even work. And that's a leap of faith is that he puts up like 90 plus points or 85 to 95 points and they make the playoffs. They have to make the playoffs. I agree with you there. Uh, But I'm not sold on him being in the conversation, but I agree with you saying that they have to make the playoffs and he has to have over 90 points. Yeah, I can see him doing it. He's he he's got the quality to do it. Let's just see if they can get it done. 
again, he's a plus, uh, sorry, he's at 38 points. I was looking at his plus minus. <laughs> he's at 38 points in 41 games. He's got to step it up a little bit. And he did recently. He did. He took a little slip where he didn't score in the last two games. That happens. I'm okay yeah. with that. So, I'm surprised no one's talking about his plus minus, though. He's a negative five, and Lee and Bailey are plus 14, plus 10, respectively. Huh. Surprised yeah. people aren't like, ah, the negative five, he's a bad player. But, yeah. Thank, I'm glad that we're not having that discussion. As am I, Mitch. <laughs> Want to get into some social stuff? Yes, let's do that. All right, what do you got for us in the social segment? I've got something from Instagram from Ooh. Dave Art, who recently did Robin Leonard's Mask. And he talks about the the the, um, the story behind this new mask. It's got the Islander, the fisherman, on the top. Uh, it's got a son on on the one side uh, to, to to testify to his new life. You know, the rising of the sun type of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he goes in through a, a really long description as to what it meant to do this mask for both him and for Robin Leonard, and the inspiration behind everything, the all imagery on the mask itself. And it's it's a really beautiful thing to read. And I'm really happy for Robin Leonard. Uh, embracing the Islanders and and having the, the, the fishermen on it, uh, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. Also, that's going to be a real good one. Um, and then I have one last one here. Whereas um, it's this is a, an, a Twitter one. It's from at PaulfyNY16. So clearly an, an a Ziggy Palfy fan. And this is in relation to Joshua saying goals since December first. If you play a quarter of the season with the team's best player and on the power play, and have less goals than fourth-line Matt Martin and Leo Komarov, you aren't playing well. Because Joshua Sang has one goal since December 1st, whereas Matt Martin and Leo Komarov have two. There's crickets for a reason there, because you're like, okay, yes, he's not, he's not a noted goal scorer. Guess what? He's not a noted goal scorer. That's not his thing. It's, it's just not. You're not going to get a guy that he's not a 20-goal scorer. He's not. He's going to be like a Bailey-type player where he puts up like 13. And look, Josh Bailey's on this list. He's got one. Oh. Oh. Oh, boy. Like, that happens. That That's fine. I'm absolutely fine with that. To build off of that, my social segment thing is over the past oh, two yes. days, I have been in a war with people on Twitter about Josh Bailey. I'm defending the wall, Mitch. You should be very proud of me. I am holding Thank the you. brand saying that he is actually good. He's on pace for 62 points this year. He is not an issue. His $5 million cap hit is actually a bargain. And if you are going to, and the same thing, is he's not an elite goal scorer. You shouldn't be playing in the top six. It doesn't. It's about point production. It doesn't necessarily have to be goals. If he's going to have 15 goals and... 50 assists, I think you're going to sign up for it. Like, if the argument that they're trying to make is I would rather a guy who puts up his same amount of production but puts up more more goals or could do a more production and more goals, then yeah, of course, we're all going to agree with you. Like, I would rather um, a player... Like, if I was to swap Josh Bailey or Artemi Panarin, would I want Artemi Panarin or Josh Bailey? Of course I would want Artemi Panarin. I love Josh Bailey's loyalty to the Islanders. But look, I can get a 20 to 25 goal scorer and a 70 point player over a guy who once hit 70 points. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take Panarin for sure. Easily. 
Yeah, Actually, Panarin's a point per game player even. Like, yeah, I'll take that, of course. But that's not the argument that we're making. We're just saying he's fine. He may have had a little slip-up recently where he's not playing that well. But you know what? Nor is most of the team. Most of the team has not been playing well. They, they were lucky to get away with a win against the St. Louis Blues, and they didn't get a win against, um, against the Carolina Hurricanes. If not for Brock Nelson, it would have been a real embarrassing game. That's true. It would have probably been a blowout if it wasn't for Brock Nelson, who went completely off and has continued his streak into January. <sighs> what? Unbelievable. So is it going to be uh, <laughs> Brock and Luther King Day for January? Mm-hmm. I don't like the sound of that. No, no, I got it because that's like the only holiday in January well, or New Year's Day, I guess. Brock Year's Day. I don't I don't know, Mitch. I'm, I'm out of ideas for it. We're, we're stretching. No, we're stretching. It's Brockuary. Happy. No, I got no. Yeah, <laughs> Who cares? No. It's just Brock Nelson is hot in, November, in January and I've never seen that happen in my life and I'm loving it. Yes. Yeah, so we are definitely on board with that. Anything else you want to get to on this podcast tonight? No, that's all I've got. All right. So let's get some plugs out of here before we move on. You can like, subscribe, rate, and review all that fun stuff wherever you listen to this podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. It helps with our searchability and helps us create more content. You can subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive content and for post-game shows at patreon.com slash Isles. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. We're on Twitter as well, at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You can download the app, the Eyes on Isles app, for all your New York Islanders needs, or visit the website, eyesonisles.com. Mitch, episode number 73 is in the books. A fun one, and that'll do it for us this week. Have a good week, everyone. Hopefully I'm feeling better, and hopefully you're doing better as well, Matt, with your new coach. Yes, pray for me. (laughs) Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.